Welcome to E-Commerce Matters. E-Commerce Matters is the UK's leading e-commerce pricing podcast, brought to you by Black Curve. Each episode explores how retailers can better understand competitor pricing and use pricing insights to improve online visibility and checkout conversion. This is season three, episode 41, entitled How to Outsmart the Competition Using Actionable Pricing Insights. I'm Philip Huthwaite, founder and CEO of Black Curve, and I'm joined as ever by Dr. Rob Horton, Chief Product Officer at Black Curve. Let's get pricing. Welcome, Rob. Welcome back. Uh, Are you ready to talk about actionable <laughs> pricing insights? Yeah, yeah, this is a fun one. I like this one. <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah. I think I've I've learned. I still can't say podcast. I, I sort, of, sort of still struggle with it. You'd have thought after forty-one episodes, I'd have got it. I'd have got it right by now, wouldn't oh, you? 40, we're gonna have to do something special for the fiftieth. That's like. It's quite close now. It is. It is. Well, maybe I can learn how to say podcast. Right. I don't. It probably I sounds. It's you're just. To, you're talking. You're talking to the chief dyslexic officer at Black Curve. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's always some words that I find are a bit of a tongue twister. They're, they're very random though. My my tongue twister words. I don't know. Maybe I'm, that, does that mean I'm a bit of a maverick? I don't know. You're not allowed to answer that one, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so let's um <laughs> let's let's get cracking. So today we're talking about as a reminder how to outsmart the competition using actionable pricing insights. And really what we're gonna cover is a few key things, a few key points. We're gonna just introduce and set a level playing field and make sure that we're all on the same page in terms of what do we mean by actionable insights. We're then going to look into what are actionable pricing insights um, and and really look at why is it important for retailers to consider uh, actionable insights and make make them a part of their everyday decision making Um, and then we'll end on I guess how does Black Curve use actionable insights to support retailers with a bit of um, uh, uh, I I guess a teaser for the listeners of what's coming in the future uh, future releases from 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 us here at Black Curve Towers Uh, so hopefully Rob that's what you're expecting today you're not you're not expecting anything else are you i like black curve towers um no no that sounds good <laughs> it's very iron is it iron man yes it has a yeah 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 it feels like that doesn't it or um or batman maybe i'm a bit out of my depth more <laughs> of a uh two towers than a marvel kind of guy well I, I, we probably shouldn't say certain phrases because we'll have um is it is it Disney you own Marvel these days? We'll have we'll have Disney as, on as the... long as you don't hum the theme tune, you're probably all right. <laughs> and also, given how bad I am at humming, we're probably all right. <laughs> I did. I was I was watching. Um, I said Graham Norton of all sins. I'm sh- I'm sharing my uh, my listening habits and uh, and oh, they I had they had the Graham. chat from Everyone the Mandalorian in, and he 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 accidentally said, "Oh yeah, the 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 audience love it because there's Baby Yoda on it." And he suddenly went, "Oh no, I can't say Baby Yoda because I'll get massively told off." It's totally the wrong person so they do have these party lines that you have to you have to stick to <laughs> yeah but like for the whole world it's baby yoda isn't it i mean that's it that's it well Don't we've got me. party lines <laughs> as well so uh, actionable insights is our is our party line but but to everyone else it's just it's analytics and data and, uh, <laughs> and yeah yeah, and yeah exactly c- can you give me some answers to some pricing questions yeah just I guess. tell me what to do <laughs> 
So, so with that said, let's let's dive into what are actionable insights. So, um, for those of you who want a handy guide, we actually on our on our blog at blog blog.blackcurve.com um, have a, a blog which was published earlier this month entitled "The Beginner's Guide to Actionable Insights." So, it's certainly worth um, a read of that, and um, and that's really what we'll what we'll what we'll cover and use as a foundation for uh, for today's episode. So, so effectively. Actionable insights, if you think of it as a, almost like a, a pyramid, if you will, um, and most of us in, in our, in our organisation, we're swimming with data, right? We have tons and tons of data. This data is made up of numbers, texts, a uh, combination of the two. Um, often from a, from a retailer's perspective, that data might consist of a list of products, so your product inventory, or it might consist of your sales history, so a list of um, uh, transactions that, that your customers have done, done at checkout. You might have marketing data showing how well each of, each of your products are, are performing so so in its raw form it's quite um well you 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 probably get excited about this rob but 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 you you can you can probably very quickly look at look at data and and understand what uh what it what it what it means coming from your background but but for us mere mortals generally in this format it can be massively overwhelming you can have hundreds of thousands of rows millions of round millions of rows millions of you know maybe not millions of columns but Lots yeah, and lots and be. lots and lots. Depending, of depending. Yeah, that's it. That's who it. Be, who built your database? Yeah, that's I it. Mean, um, I mean, I think for whoever you are, I mean, I'm I'm not living in the matrix, Philip. <laughs> I still need in that form. It's just too much for humans, really. You can't uh, unless you're kind of Chat GPT or something. You can't really take it all in, can you? So you mean Chat GPT is not Rob Horton? Then it's. Uh... No, but if our devs are anything to go by, it's rapidly becoming Black Cub Dev Team. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Jack, Jack GPT gets on their phone line to uh, to the Black Cub Dev Team and go, give me the answer quick I, enough. I, to just uh, on a relevant segue, um, I did actually ask Chat GPT about um, actual insights and how you should structure your data for Google Shopping, and it gave me. A fair few similar answers to the, to the ones we we say, so that gave me some comfort. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure before long, because we've only just published it, that might be the answer they give. They'll they'll reference the Black Curve blog, so you never you never know. So, um, so I, I guess just just to just to continue though, in terms of what actual insights is, you know, we've got data at its foundation and. Retailers, I guess, are overwhelmed of that data. Um, and then really what, what we want to do is we want to get information from it. So we want to make sure we want to present that data in a in a in a in a way that that's manageable. Okay. And so more often than not, this data is presented and aggregated to retailers in multiple different um uh platforms you might have third-party tools you might be using tableau you you know shopify presents um presents dashboards we present dashboards or or even in its simplest term if you've got your data in an excel spreadsheet and you're presenting uh you're creating a graph in that excel spreadsheet that's when the data's starting to come to to life i guess um it's it's where the data is being presented in a format that you can almost start to make 
decisions off off the back of it okay so in in the black curve platform to give an example of um of 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 this we have a we have a great segmentation chart which effectively as a snapshot enables you to see how many products your you, how many products are um are away from the the average market position or the lowest price in the market or the highest price in the market so it just as a count of right you have a hundred products where you are more than 50% more expensive than the market average, or you have three products where you are the, the lowest price in the market, you're, you're, you know, you're 90% away, for example, from, from, from the market average price. So, so it's, it's, it's starting to make the data more understandable, but even at this stage, it's reliant on, you know, if, if you don't know pricing and you've just come to this podcast, you're probably thinking, what the hell, Philip, are you talking about? You know, I can't I can't visualize that chart. And and obviously we've between us, we've got sort of 20 plus years or so of, of price pricing experience. So, you know, it's, it's it's easy for us to quickly jump in and, and, and understand these charts. The, the, the charts in their own, are, are, unless you have that prior prior knowledge of, of how to interrogate the chart, it's not it's not in a useful, useful manner. So insights really mm -hmm. are where you enable it, it i guess it's 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 being able to take that data and then start to make start to make decisions from it I and mean, where the actionable insights come is where it really ultimately effectively i don't i don't want to say sort of calls a spade a spade but really that that's what it is that it it it, it using actual insights and using technology that provides actual insights such as black curve effectively cuts through all the crap it cuts through all the noise it doesn't require necessarily massive masses of, of 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 background expertise in our in our space from a pricing perspective. It, so it means that if you're just coming you're just coming into whichever subject matter area you're you're dealing with, you can you can pick it up and it will tell you this is what your data is telling you. Okay, and and really succinctly, really simply really really obviously um without without needing any prior knowledge and then what it does what the clever bit is that then it tells you what to do so it tells you right this is what your data is telling you and this is what you need you need to do uh, this is this is our recommendation if you will this is our this is our next step and then the best tools that offer actionable insights enable you to track right have you done that action has it made a, 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 a change in the business has it contributed towards a positive positive step change inside the organization and it tracks the performance of your actions so therefore it means that especially when you're having to make lots of decisions each and every day you can you can really be sure that um that you've got almost like a framework that you 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 can you can track the performance of your decisions really. So a lot of the time in businesses we're making decisions day in day out, but very rarely unless you're doing a uh, you're treating it as a almost like a scientific experiment, we make the decision and we forget about it and we move on to the next thing and we kind of almost hope mm -hmm. that it's that it that it's done it's done the right thing. Whereas actual insights enables you to track the performance of your decision making. Is there anything that that you think might be worth adding, Rob? There. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I I think the way I think about that pyramid is that as you go from kind of raw data all the way up to like actual insight, you're reducing the amount of specific subject matter expertise you need to do something. So if you think about, like you were saying, at the raw data level, 
you need to be an engineer or a data analyst or a data scientist of something that level to really interact with it just just technically right even before you can start making business decisions the layer up you need to be an analyst you certainly need some subject matter expertise because you need to be able to cut and slice and understand the data and the rest of it and so what the actionable insights is for me it's the you understand your business uh someone suggests something and then you can gut check that right so it might be like i don't know to use an example your competitors have moved price you should probably increase price too and then you can look at that and go okay that seems sensible but you couldn't have dug that out as easily because you'd have to be looking at that specific problem product in that mess of data um in order to pull that out so that's like that that's kind of how i think about it in that like it's just ease of access to to the decision that you should be making yeah because I, I i mean just just an extension of that i mean well, we've we had a customer sign sign up yesterday that had one hundred ninety thousand SKUs, right and they i think when we when we've analyzed it i think across all of their inventory they've got about 600 plus competitors right because they're just selling such a a wide mix of mix of products so how do you take a database if you took it if you just looked at a raw database of all the price positions one day and compared it to the next i mean ah where you know you sort of you just you you want to you want to run for the hills right yeah Yeah. um and whilst and whilst you know okay you you know you you rob or or me or or one of the team that's involved in pricing okay we could go right i just need to triage this and i need to look at what i'm going to do is i'm going to sort the data and find the biggest movers for example and and prioritize prioritize it that way you know unless you've been involved in price pricing you know for quite a long time you don't necessarily know where to start or what's going to what's going to give the greatest impact um and i i quite like to point that you you mentioned you mentioned earlier um is that you know how many of us have tried to load up big files in excel and and it just and it crashes it right okay you know or it just takes Story in my every yes, yes. every time you make a change you see that dreaded loading bar and you go please don't corrupt please just save and commit and then you realize it goes do you want to report this error to microsoft and it kills it and you're like ah oh, for crying out loud so i guess it's it's taking away it actionable insights done right effectively enable you and rapidly cuts through all of your data amalgamates it very succinctly and puts it on a plate for 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 whether you're a subject matter expert or not um to to make decisions and i guess from a a business owner perspective that that you're you're employing you know either a small team or a large team for different parts of your business you know you you've got to trust them with that decision making and 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 sometimes it is quite hard for for business owners to let go especially sometimes sort of sort of new new newer businesses so you know <laughs> using action <actionable laughs> using <laughs> no, no, I, ho- I hope you're not pointing any fingers at me there rob so so, um, so this this basically almost de-risks <laughs> de-risks the decision making because it, it gives actual insights give a framework for your team to make to make those and, and also uh, especially with the the kind of size of business we work with people are busy right like you don't necessarily have time if you're selling 160,000 products you've probably got i don't know 20 percent of the inventory that drives the bulk of your revenue and you don't really have the time to go digging in the rest of it um 
at least that's what we've seen historically and people people in smaller businesses tend to wear many hats so having having things that service that up to you and say you should be looking at this specific thing or this change has happened and it's material is is really powerful because it means you can handle things on an exception basis rather than having to go digging yourself if that if that makes sense absolutely absolutely um i think i think it's it's i'd encourage any any retailer to make sure that they've they've got this they've got this robust robust framework um so i guess in terms of there there are some potential negatives to to using actual insights because obviously you know we've got to we've got to have a balance we're not quite the bbc but we've got to have a We've got to have a balance. No comment. <laughs> We've got to, yeah. Just was, we picked the wrong uh, the wrong, wrong month week, to man. say that maybe. Um, uh, good old uh, good old Lineker. Um, what's uh, what are some of the disadvantages of actual insights that you see, Rob? Um. Well, it really depends how you're using them, actually, because if you're if you're using them, just looking at them and then making a decision. By and large, you've got a human in the machine. So, I mean, it's only if there are too many that it gets a bit overwhelming and then you kind of start ignoring them that it, it's problematic, I, w- I would guess, uh, for, from my perspective. Um, for, for an example of that is if they were telling you you've got 160,000 products and they're telling you every time a competitor's changed price, that you're going to be overwhelmed by that. It's, it's not going to be useful. You're, you're going to be more interested in when like a large price change has happened rather than someone changing price by a penny. Um, where they get more problematic, actually, is if you take that human out and you start automating off the back of them or start building them into processes, and then you have to be pretty sure that they're, they're kind of heavily, heavily bedded down and you, under, you understand them well. Uh, it's it's the same dangers that you get with automated pricing because auto- automated pricing really is just kind of a very specific example of actionable insights, right? It's uh, it's a machine telling you what price your product should be, and you're saying, okay, I trust the machine. The machine can just happily go and do it. Um, I guess I guess that's my view, but I'm I'm a I have a slight bias in this because of my background, so I I guess it's probably easier for me to sort the wood from the trees than it may be for other people yeah but i think i mean just to just to take up the um the baton there i mean ultimately i see the main the main issue sometimes or the disadvantage of actionable insights is is it can lead to confirmation bias so even you rob uh, are a makeup of your your previous um however many years you've been on this this planet right so you know we 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 naturally if you use actionable insights you've got to almost leave your prior prior beliefs at the door and make sure that you are looking at all of the decisions that are being that are being recommended to you and be open to testing all of the actions that are ah, okay that that's are, that a different are. question that's the that's a challenge with a human using actual insight no sure 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 but i guess you know that's that's you know that that is one of the disadvantages but i mean to give you fair. to yeah, give yeah, you yeah. to give you it's, an example yeah. um you know a lot a, a lot sometimes we have um we have even customers and 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 trial users that that basically sort of have come with this belief that oh in order to win I need to be the cheapest so therefore they only focus on the insights that where they're 
more expensive than um, than their competitors, and they reduce they look to reduce their price. Now, okay, they they clearly see that that does that does uptick uptick revenue, but they're ignoring the insights that tell them well actually you can you can get away with increasing the price of this product because you know, you've you've got the best stock availability or you have the best brand power or you have the best um returns policy or or or, or whatever it might be and and yeah no i um so i completely buy that the one we see a lot i think is as people who are moving onto online in particular getting very caught up in a specific competitor list because they're the they're the people they've traditionally known and competed against right so they'll have when you see this even with like massive massive stores i won't i won't name names but like real real big high street names where they focus on kind of who they see the four other four key competitors and then that leads into you may only then look at the in, the insights based around those four competitors right and ignore everyone else and some small upstarts just taking a market share because they're selling a a, a hoover for 50 quid less than you but because they're buying the brand buying the hoover brand not your brand they don't care um so yeah i think the the kind of the use and especially kind of the all those classic um actually all those kind of classic portfolio management biases confirmation bias um god i'm racking my brains now but the, the one way you kind of you, you you hold you hold on to things or hold on to stock that or products that that you like right they're traditionally your good performers but the market may be saying that actually it's it's not doing so well or demand for those is is um is diminishing um so and 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 therefore you you kind of keep keep making decisions that otherwise you shouldn't uh all of that will come into play because you're not you're not actually like emotionlessly automating the outcome of the decision with just kind of like solid business rules. You're you're still putting a human in it. So yeah, I mean the disadvantage is probably all the same behavioural issues that you see in stock pickers or people in the city or or whatever. I hadn't really thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's a it's a it's a very good very good example. We you know. I'm re- I'm regularly trying to challenge our prospects to to not not have the horse blinkers up and consider the whole market because to a certain extent, especially where products are not repeat purchases, you know your the the the, the buyer doesn't necessarily know your web shop from Adam right and you go well I only I only compete with these four four retailers well actually Google's showing twenty five people that are selling this product or ten people selling this product so you've got to consider them all. Um, or, or you've got to work out what data points enable you to to not ignore nor the competition. So, so you've got to kind of leave that. It's quite hard to leave our gut our gut feel gut feel at the door. Um, but you've got to, I guess, sort of lean into opening your opening your mind to avoid this this I guess this confirmation bias um, bias issue. So, so yeah. So in terms of just just before we move on, it'd be good to just make sure that um, maybe we can help help uh, listeners visualize. What what are the types of actionable insight tools that are available? Because it's likely that a lot of you are using actionable insights, and you're not necessarily aware that you're using using these tools. So, um, so an example that um, 
that that we have is is a product a product called Heap, for example. They provide um, users with um, with optimization inserts for optimization insights rather to help, I guess, make decisions around how what you how your UX how your user experience should perform. So changes to, for example, page layout. They make recommendations, and then what they do is based on those recommendations. Once you've implemented the recommendations they track the performance of those in terms of how how that helps if it's a sign up workflow for example how it helps conversion for example um, a number of you will be using search engine optimization tools so you know you come onto a dashboard or you download a report where it flags to you all the issues with your with your website for example where you don't have the right header tags or you don't have the right metadata description or I don't know your URL is too is too short and not descriptive enough, and all of th these tools basically flag to you. And there's there's tons of them like Uber Suggest, Ahrefs, um, SEM Rush. There's tons of them. They they flag to you what what actions you should do, and then they monitor if you've completed those actions. And yeah, then I think I think on that, I think the for our listener base, the uh, the SEO tools are probably the the, the kind of the most relevant. The the heap one is probably more our world if I if I'm completely honest because that's often used by more often used by tech companies to kind of optimize user journeys through their platform. But you've still got so checkout. Sure remember, you've got checkout workflows that you need to optimize. You've got products page. Uh, sure, 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 sure. But I think in in a, in like our uh, in our market segment, it's less likely they've come across it. But I think your examples of kind of SEM rush, Ahref like lighthouse uber suggest these things where you they're, they're kind of optimizing your presence on google and to kind of segue into what what we do as well i guess a bit um th this is where it's really powerful right in terms of okay well you're not you're not appearing correctly in search because i mean this is more your expertise than mine philip but because your links are broke your back you haven't got a, your backlinks are broken or like um you haven't put enough content out or you're not driving people to the website in the right way or your there are tools that do it specifically for your ad spend right as well so um you're mismanaging your ad ad spend uh if you reallocate it like this you'll probably get better performance because these these products aren't actually being searched for and the rest of it and, th and these are like these tools again this is a quite a well-developed space they, they tend to be like do these five things and this is the output you'll see, and you do the five things, and then the tool shows you the output, which is really good. Um, so that that's kind of, I think, I think the real one for me. And I'm pretty sure that Shopify has some of these tools to monitor like store performance and all, and all the rest of it. It certainly does on the app side. So like when we had to, when we built our Shopify app, uh, which you can go and download, go and try it out. The it's a uh, free to try. The the whole process had this kind of loop in it, right? So you you submit it. It says we don't like these five things. Go and fix it, and then you rinse and repeat. So that that behavioural loop is kind of everywhere, really everywhere where they want you to improve an experience. Anyway, yeah, and no, I I think this is now a good time to talk about um, actionable pricing insights, and I guess where black curve sits into this so i very much 
C black curve is almost you know it's like the the SE, SEO tool equivalent. It's the it's the price the price decision tool that is supporting you to make pricing decisions day in day out. It's recommending you specific tactical decisions that you should make each and every day, and then it's tracking how well those decisions are are performing. Right? I mean that's um that's that's our that's our bread and that's our bread and butter. So I guess Rob, it'd be great if you could take us through some of the actionable insights that that we're we're surfacing to customers. Yeah. So I'll um. I'll start at a really high level, actually. Um, so, so for me, pricing is ad tech. Pricing is SEO. And if you're not thinking about that in a kind of post-pandemic e-commerce-driven world, you're you're lagging behind the curve. And so, um, I'm trying not to use streetwear terms because I've started thinking about kind of the 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 insights we do in kind of if packages or or drops so the first package that we're going out with really in black curve is all around using your data and pricing to optimize your search performance um so what does that mean well if you are a retailer selling on google you you probably use the merchant center you probably have a whole load of data in there about your products um and some of it you may have filled out and some of it you won't have filled out now in the kind of new google ads world where they do a lot of the management for you and take away um a lot of the control of that there are two kind of very important levers that you have access to and you don't actually have access to that many other levers nowadays the first is kind of a quality of that data in Merchant Center um, or or in any other e-commerce platform, but let's stick with Merchant Center for now. And the, and the second is the price of your product. Now, the reason that these are important is that they are used, the first set is used basically by Google to assess relevancy. So what that means is, is how likely are they to show your product to someone if they search organically? And from a paid search perspective, it's how much extra is it going to cost you to pay because you're actively punished if Google think you're less relevant. So the first set of tags we have, and we kind of, we have a kind of black curve version of this called a data health report, but we're expanding it to kind of, uh, fit into kind of a larger ecosystem really is around data qualities we look at the data points that we think view as relevant to relevancy and we flag places where you need to improve them so specific examples of this that google and philip really care about uh, are gtins so google now actively asks for gtins for products they're global trade identification numbers they're using them to map products behind the scenes so when you go and look at the office page in google shopping and wonder how do they know that these suppliers are all selling say product well if you give them the gtins then google do it automatically and it becomes very easy um the 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 point why that's important is because if you're not getting aggregated into that office page and you're coming into the other kind of like the individual boxes you're much less likely to be shown 
to a, to a consumer who's searching for that particular product. So that's the first set of tags. And then the second set of tags is about conversion. And we've said this kind of in numerous different ways over numerous different podcasts, but um, price is not usually kind of a key reason at the kind of top of the buying journey, but it is a very important reason um, at the conversion part of the buying journey, if someone actually buying your product and buying the product off you versus someone else. So if you're not on top of your your pricing, um, Google also penalizes you because they think you're less relevant. They think people are less likely to convert. Um, they want to show people really who will be bought from. So if you're wildly mispriced, say you're massively above the benchmark, you are less likely to be shown. So really what are kind of first sets of actionable insights that's a hard sentence for me to say actually i can't say podcast and you can't say action yeah pod, a podcast on actionable insights <laughs> um we, we're getting both of us but our first actionable insights are about optimizing that consumer journey through google shopping for you so we make sure that your data is correct so that google views you, views you as relevant and then we make sure that your pricing is correct so that the consumer will buy from you uh, or be more likely to buy from you, I should say. So that, that's, um, that's kind of the overall story or, or point of it. Um, what does this mean in practice? It means we flag things like where you're missing key data points that Google cares about. So product name, brand, uh, GTIN, whether your GTIN is correct or not whether you've got proper links in there, all that good stuff. Um, whether your product's in stock, which is a key one that I think a lot of people don't realize. So we see if you're not in stock, Google's not going to show you <laughs> to people because they can't buy the product, right? They get annoyed. Um, but when you've got 160,000 products and you're doing things by hand, it's quite easy for things to slip in and out. Um and therefore, you that kind of you get punished in the ecosystem for that. And then around conversion, we've got a whole host of things running from kind of whether you're too expensive, we think you're too cheap, whether there's been large price changes made by your competitors, whether the market shifted, whether we think people are using price automation. I mean, there's a there's a whole bag of like useful useful kind of insights that you can say, oh, okay, well my main competitors seem to be using price automation for these 20 products. No wonder I can't keep up, right? No wonder every price move I make has been being copied. Or the the other thing we see if people aren't using price automation is that the long tail tends to be either creep towards being too cheap and sacrifice margin or too expensive and sacrifice conversion. And that's both losing sales and you get penalized by Google in both terms of kind of organic and paid search. So I hope that was clear. I've, I've waffled a little bit, but really that's what our kind of first batch of insights are around is really optimizing that kind of search journey. So to, so to loop back to what we were mentioning at the beginning of the podcast to, I got it right that time, of the um, around, <laughs> around what actionable insights actually are. Um, what what Blackcrow are supporting you to do is is effectively 
cut through the noise of all of the reams and reams and reams of competitor data and the reams and reams of product information that you have. And each and every day, you can, or in a, on, on a schedule of your of your choice, you can log into the platform or, or, or access the reports and it will tell you specific actions that you need to do. So the specific action that Rob mentioned around relevancy, you're, it's likely that you're not appearing when somebody searches for your for that particular product. If you want them to mm -hmm. buy from you, you've got to appear. So the action that we might give you is add GTIN or edit GTIN. You know, it's very specific actions that anybody can pick pick up and go, okay, right, uh, GTIN's product code, right, okay, I've clearly got it wrong. I need to go and find what the GTIN is and upload it in, in my Google Shopping and, and away. And conversely, from a from a conversion perspective, is price hampering that hampering your 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 prospects from buying your product from you at checkout. So in order to to help you with that, we're we're cutting through all of the competitor information, cutting through all that noise, and on individual products, saying this product you need to increase the price of the product to whatever it might be three ninety nine two thousand seven hundred pounds, whatever it might be, because <laughs> of X Y Z. So it's very specific discrete tactical decisions that you can make day in day out even when you've got thousands of products even you know hundreds of products just being able to to go okay right today i only need to make these 10 decisions i don't need to worry about everything else that that's really the aim the aim of of, of what we're doing here um, and then what we can then do is we can then, and we'll talk about this in terms of what, what's coming in, in the future. We'll hold that thought, actually, um, because we need <laughs> to then start tracking the how well these decisions are, are performing. So um, so in terms of, so that, that's coming imminently. Um, I hope, it, I'm, I'm told this week, Rob, and that's, uh, <laughs> is that still the case? It's all, I've, it's all I've been, yeah, I think so. It's all I've been staring at for the last two days. So um, it's, uh, it's in testing. Uh, well, what's coming in see. the future? What's next? Um, so this, I, I guess, we haven't really explained what's coming imminently. So of the way that this is dropping initially is that we're gonna we're just gonna leverage our existing reports framework, um, and this gives us a really good vector to get it out to people, get some feedback, get people using it, seeing what they like, seeing what they don't like. Add add some insights, remove some insights, change some insights, all that good stuff, that good like product led feedback stuff. Um, and so, like you say, that should be this. Well, we already have the data health one, which you can check out, uh, which was our first foray. We've actually cleaned up some of the language and uh, kind of brought it into the new framework a bit. And then we will, if you're already getting your competitor report from us. As of hopefully sometime this week, you'll just get three new columns appearing in that would tell you what to do. So if you're an existing customer or on a trial or want to try us out, you don't even have to do anything complicated. You just set, just download your normal competitor report as you would, and then it'll be in there and you can have a look. And then what's coming next? Well, we then need to fold this back into the dashboard so that it's just there presented for you kind of what are the to go back to what you were saying philip what are the the top 10 issues affecting search relevancy for me okay i can go sort those out what are the top 10 issues 
um, that or products affected by conversion? What do I need to go and sort out? And then how do I know it's worked? And um, so that's really what's next. It's like building that that kind of feedback loop and tracking into the platform, so you can um, you can make the change and then see that the change has happened. What about some of the other, I guess, specific product insights that um, that are coming coming down the down the pipe? I mean, um, I'm always. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm always challenging Rob, so I hope if I say it out loud in in the pub- more of a public forum, it rather than just uh, <laughs> just, just in our product out, right? product yeah. updates, it might it might it might happen. So, um, so it's sharing who's who's a price follower and who's a price leader because that's quite an interesting. That might to come to come back to something we said earlier around what competitors should I be interested in, knowing who's changing the price and then subsequently who's following those is actually really useful because that if, if everybody's always following one competitor well then actually you only need to necessarily there's an argument to say you only actually need to to track that 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 one competitor or or co- it might actually challenge your beliefs over who is um who's, who's oh, there was who's a there was, the a, there was a great one of those that uh we found doing the r&d for this and um I think someone at somewhere big, I think it might have been AO, had been testing out um, some form of price automation. And there were these wild price swings. Actually, I think it was Argos. There were some wild price swings. And you could immediately see (laughs) who was using price automation or who was tracking Argos and who wasn't because half the market stayed flat and the other half of the market had these beautiful sine wave curves going in as they followed behind it. Um, the ones that so don't yeah, have the safeguards in place, I guess, as well. Yeah, no, exactly that. Um, so, yeah, the, the key ones for me are around kind of identifying who relevancy in terms of, sorry, wrong term, but like which competitors you should be worried about, who's driving the market, whether you can become the, com- the person who drives the market. And then also for our kind of higher tiers where we we fold in other data sets like sales history and ad spend and all the rest of it, um, we can start doing things like telling you whether you need to worry a price, about competitor price changes or not because we can layer in the, the actual conversion data. So if your competitors are changing price but your sales are consistent, then... Actually, it's not a price-driven product, and well, maybe you actually want to increase the price or try testing that because people are just buying from you because they're buying from you. And this gets back into actually kind of almost pricing theory. One, I would say one hundred one, but it's not probably one like one hundred two. But like the, the kind of what products are elastic, what products are inelastic, um, which everyone always seems to want to know, but no one really knows what to do with. So it's kind of because they forget that actually you're in a competitive marketplace and things aren't linear or things aren't um, like well behaved because there tend to be like, there tends to be a window which you can move price but if you step out of it you suddenly become super cheap and you don't gain any more sales but you hemorrhage margin and then if you go at the top you um, suddenly no one buys from you because you're too expensive. So by layering all these data sets on top of each other, you can start doing really, really powerful product-specific things. So leave the 
you can you can look at the price that's one lever you can look at ad spend how much you spend on that product that's another lever um and so this this kind of is the is the what is the what next for me um but the other one the other one i'm going to say just so i can sorry get it, just so i can get it in is uh uh, yeah, yeah. promotion promotion recommendations so i'm regularly asked uh by by customers uh, how d- how can i how can i use my pricing data to work out which products should be on promotion because marketing departments normally arbitrarily pick pick products or whack some big discount code across the board so um so if we can use you know competitor data as well as digital marketing performance data as well as sales data to to recommend specific products that should be in a promotion um then that would be super cool. So you you got to go and build it now, Rob, because I've told told the world about it. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so stop, stop. Levels, I, I have I that on really record. He didn't say he didn't say no. So I have that on record that you're going to go and build. Well, that. I, I didn't say it would work. I just said I'd build it. It's, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the um, yeah the uh, promote the, the promotion side of it in terms of especially if you can get into kind of the stock side and you've got uh, because the, the the opposite of promotion almost the kind of well it you've got less stock than you've had historically do you actually want to sell out at this price or do you want to kind of do you want to increase the price and slow down that rate of sale until you can replenish so, um it, it's kind of like another classic and especially if you're in a a more seasonal or cyclical business, this kind of stock management side of it becomes much more more important if you're in fashion and worried about sell through, for example. So, yeah, all, all this all this good stuff is very very achievable. But uh, to to go back to kind of our, we're kind of starting from the the foundations here, and none of this works if you're not kind of effectively optimized for e-commerce, right? There's a because you can't if you haven't bedded in the foundation that your data is correct, your pricing is correct. All the other stuff kind of makes the assumption that that's true, if if that makes sense. So if um if the, if the if you built a house on sand, then whatever the tags are recommend or the insights I should stop saying tags, whatever the actionable insights are saying to you downstream of that is is less trustworthy right and so to loop all the way back to what's one of the dangers of actionable insights is is that if your data is not correct they will just it's garbage in garbage out there will be noise so go and uh go and download when it drops on sometime this week go and download the reports see what you can do and try and optimize that. And then hopefully you can keep up with us as we keep dropping more and more and more. And, and with that, I think it's uh, it's a good good point to to conclude. So, so effectively, you can use actionable pricing insights to borrow the title to outsmart the competition because a lot of your competitors are, are likely just are having gut feel, arbitrarily maintaining specific pricing positions and not really interrogating it any more than that whereas if you can have a robust framework that such as black curve that provides you with actionable pricing insights that enable you to day in day out 
make interrogate those decisions and and push you beyond you know your 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 previous gut feel to to make to make decisions outside of your comfort zone this is where you strive for excellence and this is where you can really start to improve you know your 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 search engine relevancy to make sure you appear more in search terms which if you don't appear you're not going to check out right so <laughs> nobody's going to buy your product if you don't appear so you've got to get those basics right <laughs> all the way through to well okay if you appear how do I make sure that I convert? How again, if they don't, if they don't buy from you, there's, there's n- almost no point in them seeing you, right? So, so it's mm-hmm. it's the one, it's the one-two punch. You can really, really, you'd be surprised um, of 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 the power of using actionable pricing insights in your business. It will really drive success. Um, so, we thank you very much, Rob, for joining me. As ever, we have been Black Curve, and this is Ecommerce Matters, the UK's leading e-commerce pricing podcast, brought to you by Black Curve. Until next time, happy pricing.